Today on the Have Forum, we are only four days from the trade deadline. And the Habs were meant to be quiet by all accounts, but we already have a trade to talk about. So, of course, we're going to talk about that. If there's any other trades to expect. And, and what do the other trades that have already happened mean to the Canadians? What, what does it mean to the value of the players that we have that we could be moving? Some some teams are overpaying, while other teams seem to got, have gotten good deals. It's kind of a hard market to read. So we'll we'll talk all about that. The 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 recent recent games, I guess we'll touch on those uh, uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I think a lot of people still feel like they're winning more games uh, than they should. And uh, as usual, we'll talk about the draft a little bit and all that type of stuff. But mainly today, we're here to talk about the trade deadline. So let's get started with the Canadians. Actually. Uh, pulled off a trade, and they actually managed to get some value for Evgeny Dadunov. I mean, this came out of nowhere for me, Dustin. I really didn't expect it. If anything, like if anything, the Canadians were going to get like a fifth-round pick. Now, I don't want to overvalue what Denis Gurionov is, but I mean, I'd much rather have him than a fifth-round pick, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dadunov was one of the guys that I, I I definitely thought the Habs could move, but, but like you said, I mean, Obviously, with the with the season that Dad and I has had, I mean, it's it's been less than inspiring. So, I mean, I think, you know, like, like sort of like you said, fifth rounder, maybe sixth rounder that we could expect for him. But I mean, definitely getting Gryanov. I mean, is 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 obviously he's not having a good season. He has nine points this year and in, in forty three games. But we've seen what he can do in the past. I mean, obviously he scored twenty goals once before a couple of years ago. He also had that great playoff run uh, that same season. Yep. Where he, you know, he had a really great playoff run where I think the stars some some, some big goals too, right? He scored the the OT goal to get them either to the conference final or to the final. Like he scored some big moment goals in that uh, in that playoff series. Absolutely. So I mean, he he's shown that he can he can step up step up in those big moments. Again, not having a good year this year, but still pretty young. I mean, he's 25 years old, 26 years old at this point. So, you know, you're still banking on the, on on sort of that that upside that he has. And I mean, like you said, I mean, uh, the, the, I think the risk, really no risk whatsoever exactly. of, of getting Yonav as opposed to going and getting a fifth or a sixth rounder. I mean, it's, it, it, may, it makes a lot of sense for the Habs. You know, he's a big body as well, six foot three, over 200 pounds. Uh, a guy that, you know, maybe, hopefully he can bounce back a little bit. Is he going to be you know, a, a top six guy, probably not. You know, he's he's hit three uh, thirty points three times over the last three seasons. So, you know, that seems to be that sort of guy. Maybe he can get up to uh, to being a forty point player potentially. Um, but uh, but I mean, definitely no risk here. You know, I think we'll see what he can do the rest of the way here for the Habs and uh, RFA at the end of the year. I think he'll probably you know depending on how it on how he performs the rest of the way, probably gets a one year deal. See what he can do, and then. You know, if it doesn't work out next season, the Habs can move on at the end of the year. And, uh, and you know, I mean, <laughs> they're basically, I mean, dad and all, let's be honest. He wasn't doing anything for the Habs. Oh. He wasn't coming back next season. So who who cares about dad and all? I mean, when when the season started, the the hope was dad and all was maybe going to go on a bit of a, a a run for us or maybe kind of go back to, to the, the form he had back in Florida and they'd still move him. But, like, even then, at, at best, maybe, uh, you know, you get a second-round pick for, for Dadanov. And, and let's not forget what, what Dadanov comes from, right? Like, Dadanov comes from getting rid of Shea Weber's uh, LTIR cap hit. I mean, it's, it's so basically Gurionov 
comes to Montreal free. Like what he costs the most is is the the cap space we're spending still on on Dadanov until the end of the year. But we obviously don't uh, don't don't care about about that on our end the, the way the uh, our our season is going. And I, like for me too, like I always feel like people like overrate draft picks in general. Short of a getting a first or a second, even compared to a third, I'd rather have Gurionov than a third round pick and take a flyer. Because Gurionov, like maybe he won't blow up or anything like that. He, he is having a bad year. But if you're a 30 point player, like he, he was in the past, if you can be a 30 point player in the NHL with that frame that he has, you're an NHL player, right? Like you, you are an NHL player. And a third round pick is what, 10% of the time an NHL player? So, I'd much rather go get a guy like that. Get, you get a flyer, and and then like you never know what can happen. And especially like Saint Louis is a different type of coach that we've seen already that he can kind of get the best of out of some of these younger players. Maybe he can. Maybe it's a situation where this guy just needs a, a change of scenery, right? We've seen it happen time and time again. I I really really love these types of moves. And like you said, even if absolutely nothing happens with Yurianov and he's off the team after next year because he just did absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It, it was it was it was worth the try and uh, but I do think the upside could be there. Like he could be a really good asset for the team and I think it actually opens the door to being able to potentially doing more trades compared to if they had trade traded Dadanov for just a, a, a pick. Now we have a roster spot for next year. So some of those players that we're talking about, like a Josh Anderson, for example, that we're talking about trading their on multi-year contracts, but you still have to have bodies to replace those guys, right? You still need to have players that are going to be able to step in and take those minutes. I don't think they necessarily want to have a repeat next year of having so many rookies and potentially occurring players' developments and all that. So all in all, I, I really, really like this move for what it is and much more than I thought we were going to get for freaking Dadanov. Like, oh, my God. What, 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 did, what did he even do for Montreal? Yeah, yeah he really hasn't done, hasn't done a whole hell of a lot, that's for sure. Uh, but now, I mean, Goryanov again. Like, chances are he's probably not going to do a whole lot. But, uh, but I mean, definitely the upside, the potential upside is certainly there. And, I mean, this like just this season, with all the injuries the Habs have right now, I mean, they, they, at this point, they just need bodies anyway. Yeah, and, it's true. It's true. And, and I mean, even more reason, like he's going to get the opportunity. We've seen, we saw uh, t- today in, uh, in practice, he was on that on the first line with Suzuki. So, you know, right off the bat, it looks like he's he's probably going to get a decent chance to to, to prove that, you know, uh, maybe he was just a change of scenery. And, and hopefully he, he can maybe get back to 15, 20 goals a season like he scored a couple of years ago. Is he going to score more than 30, 35 points? You know, maybe not, but I mean, even that, I mean, we'll, I think we'll take it, especially with that big body. Why not? You know, much better than a fifth or a sixth rounder. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think everyone pretty much uh, agrees on that. I mean, so far, the, the types of moves that we've seen from, uh, uh, from, from this group, I've really, really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I like, I like the, the kind of way they're, they're going about things. So, I mean, I am excited going into the trade deadline that maybe something else will happen. But honestly, it's really unfortunate because, I mean, the, the main guy that maybe could have brought something that's going to be a UFA is Sean Monahan. Still not really getting much more news. And he's been injured for so long. How much are you going to really get for him? Like, there, there's a real possibility this is the only moves that, move the Canadians do, right? There's also Edmondson, but Edmondson... He has another year on his contracts. So I know they don't have; they're not rushed into moving him. Like, do do you see the Canadians doing another move here, or is is this going to be it? 
Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, really, Dadanov was the one guy that I thought, okay, for sure he's moving. Obviously, I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of him um, or, or for him. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we were hoping that Monaghan was going to get back and healthy. Doesn't appear to be the case. Um, you know, he hasn't traveled with the team out west either. Um, you know, and, and, and really, I mean, I think the big sort of red flag was, I, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, I, th- I can't remember if, <laughs> if it was Ken Hughes or uh, I think it was St. Louis actually, uh, insinuated essentially that Monaghan had, had sort of plateaued in his recovery, which is obviously not something you want to hear. No, you know, exactly. if, if you're planning on potentially moving him ahead of the deadline, not something that anyone in the organization is going to say. So probably very unlikely that we're going to see Monaghan moved. Um, one thing that, that a lot that some people have mentioned as a possibility is, okay, maybe he's not healthy now, but you know, he could be you know, right now, obviously he's on the LTIR for the Habs could be on the LTIR for another team. Could we maybe see sort of like a conditional pick? So, you know, if he plays 50% of the playoff games for a team at that point, the Habs get like, you know, maybe a third or a fourth round draft pick. Maybe that could potentially facilitate a move. But, you know, again, prob- no team is going to be taking, you know, is, is going to be banking too much on Monaghan coming back healthy and, and really being able to produce when he's missed a solid chunk of the season, of course. And, and, and also not just this season, right? This is obviously a pattern for Monaghan. He, he he's missed a, missed a bunch of time recently. So so really, a team would need to be really desperate. It, it's unfortunate because he was looking so good at the beginning of the year. Definitely, it's someone that like he, the, the the Canadians were winning more. I think in part, a big part, because of what Monahan was was providing down the middle and that depth. It, it was it was uh, it was giving the, the the team. And man, if he if he could have stayed healthy, I, I mean, I, I feel bad for him honestly, right? Because he oh. seems like such a such a great dude. I mean, everyone seems to love him, and I don't know. Hopefully, this is just another bump in the road, and he can figure his career out next year, probably elsewhere than Montreal. But uh, man, it's 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 such a bummer for for players like because he's he's really not that old. But uh, that 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 seems to be uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of hope for, for his future. No, definitely. I mean, maybe the Habs can restart him. He seemed to be happy here in Montreal. He seemed to be happy yep. playing with the kids. Um, you know, he had a pretty pretty solid role here as well. Um, you know, hope to, and and yeah, I mean, obviously, he seemed to be well liked, so potentially he does resign yeah. for another year or two. Yeah, I'm not Why? out of that on a cheap contract. I like with with that type of player is exactly who you need in the locker room as we're trying to build what we're trying to build. Like he, even even as he's injured and rehabbing, he's still good to have around the team because exactly. of, you know his personality type and all that. So yeah, not not mad at that at all. At this point, that might be the the best thing the Canadians could do with him because what's the point of trading him away for for scraps uh, if he wants to stick around and maybe you, you bring him back next year and 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 help with the kids I mean I I don't see why not because I do think this group is going to want to have some veterans to, to to surround the players especially if the Canadians get lucky and get like a, a higher pick and you get someone that can maybe jump into the team right away like you want to have some veterans to go around those guys and Monaghan could definitely be one of those guys but a name I feel like almost no one is talking about anymore, uh, as far as like potential trade target is is Jonathan Drouin. Like, what he is a UFA at the end of the year, and I get it. Like, like I'm, Drouin hasn't been great for for years, but I mean this year it's it's kind of funny because he's almost got a Scott Gomez season going here because he's got zero goals. 
but he does have 18 assists in 36 games, which is a 0.5 point per game, you know, which is not not atrocious, not not a useless thing for a potential team that needs to add 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 a few pieces here and there. Like, would no team want Dwayne for like a fourth round pick? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it, uh, my my thought would be if if he were to get moved, it would be the same sort of, uh, you know, fifth or sixth rounder that I was expecting for Dadanov. I don't think you'd get much more than that. I mean, you know, it's yeah. okay, 18 assists in 36 games at, okay, 0.5 points per game. That's not that much. I mean, I mean, it's not bad either, I guess. But, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. You know, I'm just saying. he's He's not really a guy that you're going to want like he's not like you're going to be a fourth line guy he's not particularly great defensively in his own zone he's not really a guy that's going to kill penalties so you know he's not one of those guys that can they can sort of plug in on the on sure. your bottom six really sure. and obviously that that five mil cap it doesn't uh doesn't help either it's just weird it's like no one's talking i feel like no one's talking about the boy it's just you hear josh anderson that yeah, I know, I know. You hear Josh Anderson, you, you hear Edmonton, all these guys that have multiple years left on their contract. He's the one other UFA that, that that's actually playing right now, and he's looked not bad since coming back from injury. But yeah, you're you're uh, yeah yeah you're probably probably right there. It's uh it is uh, it is what it is. But uh, I mean, I'm kind of looking Joel forward Edmondson, for the though, point. Yeah. Let it be over, honestly. Yeah, Joel Edmondson. I mean that that could be a guy we've like. Obviously, he's been injured for a good part of the season as well. Now, he. T- today he practiced without yeah. the non-contact uh, jersey, so I mean that's obviously a good sign. Now the Habs are playing two games before the trade deadline tomorrow and Thursday. And so honestly, I don't think that matters that because this isn't like I know like we just talked about Monahan being injured, but these are two completely different situations for me. I know Edmonton has had other injuries, but I don't think it's as bad as Monahan, and he, he's he's already practicing with the team. Like I don't think a team should be worried about bringing on Ed- Edmonton right now and. It's just whether or not a team will be willing to pay up. My my question at this point though is, are we better off holding on to him and trading him next off season, uh, not or even next trade deadline at this point when he's a, he's going to be a UFA? But if a team is willing to give, I, mean, I would want at least a first for. I mean, I I can't help but look at what Ben Sherratt got last year. If we can get something similar, I'm I'm ecstatic. To me, Edmondson is a better defenseman than Sherratt, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely, and I mean, you look at some of the other. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's been any comparables yet traded, um, you know, to comparable to to Edmondson. But, but I mean, it it, it seems like you know there there's been a lot of trades where there's it, it, you would you think that the buying team is sort of overpaid. So, um, yeah, but but I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's the Habs probably aren't going to be in much of a rush to trade Edmondson. I mean, they are already. Lacking on defense. I mean, there's there all again with all the injuries and the guys that are there. Most of them are pretty young, so you know they they're they're not in any rush. I mean, I think they can still you know if they if they decide to trade him in the off season or even next deadline. I mean, they'll still get a good return. But I mean, it you know if, if they can get that first round pick and maybe a decent prospect you know, for a team that that really needs that really needs to to bolster their uh, you know their D line. I mean, it did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll he'll definitely listen to calls, Kent Hughes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't think he's necessarily going to be in a rush to do it either. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like Edmonton has uh, has expressed a lot of interest, and you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And you know, coming back could be uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, which I mean, I I think could be another reclamation project. Which I'd want more than Pugliarvi at this point. Yeah, like, all the rumors about him going 
just being a waiver on waivers and stuff like that. I need more than that for Edmonton if they want Edmonton for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think if they if they went with a first and uh, and pull Yarvi, I mean, I I think I'd definitely pull the trigger on that. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I would I would definitely do that. I mean, uh, we'll see. I, I he's the one player for sure. If I had to put money on it, he's the most likely to be moved because I could also see it happening uh, in one of those scenarios where. He's one of the few trades that happened kind of like on, on on the trade deadline day, which which by the way, like whatever they call it on TSN and all that, like trade center on, on the day of, it's gonna be pathetic because all the trades are already happening. Uh should, it should, should be pretty uh, pretty funny just uh, watching them squirm figuring out what other Leafs player they can do a montage on. But uh the uh the Edmondson I can see being one of the later guys traded away and I, I mean I'm saying this and cue him getting getting traded as soon as we upload this podcast. But I just feel like a, a team maybe because I think that Kent Hughes is not in a rush to move him, like you said. But then you so you you can be patient, and then when you have a if a team that maybe falls short on a few other players, you know maybe, maybe there's teams that were also in discussions for uh you know who is it that you got traded to 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 Toronto Jake McCabe players like that. That's when the price can maybe start going up, and you maybe have a desperate team that's willing to pay up for. For uh, for Edmonton, that that that's definitely something I could I could see happening, uh, and it seems like all all the trades have been happening for the East player uh, teams too. Like it's about yeah. time that the the teams on the West start stepping up too. Like uh, specifically, like you already said, Edmonton. So I, I I could see it happening. I could see it happening, but I guess uh, I guess only time will tell for sure. But uh, I don't know if you had to put money on there will be another trade by the Canadians or there won't be another trade by the Canadians, you know, excluding like super super minor trades like a a legit trade. Would you say yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I think Edmondson would be the one that I I think he gets moved. I mean, I, I think it's pretty close to fifty fifty. Um, but if I if I had yeah. to bet on it, uh, I, I I think that he does get moved. Um, and and yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of the the teams in the East have already made their moves. I mean, I don't yeah. know if there's going to be a lot more moves, but but teams in the West, I mean, they're definitely going to be seeing what's happening in the East and 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 they and they're going to try to bolster their lineups. And I mean, the teams that have been that have sort of been uh linked to our guys, Edmondson has been linked to Edmonton, Anderson has been linked a little bit to Edmonton, but also Calgary. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I think those those you know, there there's definitely a deal to be made there and and I think at the end of the day Edmondson probably a little more than 50%, I would say he does get yeah, I think I think that makes sense. And so you mentioned Josh Anderson. We we haven't really talked much about him. Yet. A definitely different case here because still has five years left, maybe four years after this year on his contract. Not really the type of contract you see moved at the trade deadline very often, but his name is constantly in the trade. It seems like even before he was with the Canadians, there were rumors of him coming to the Canadians for I think I don't think there's been a moment in Josh Anderson's career where he hasn't been talked about in potential trade scenarios it just seems to be like one of those players and i do think that part of that is because he has that style that you know whether they're right or they're wrong that a lot of gms want to add on their team you know i i know you you can be like we can be hot and cold on josh anderson on this podcast but he does bring something that isn't necessarily any player can bring it and in the right situation can be a, a really really good player now a player that was traded recently that we were seeing people on on twitter kind of comparing you know what he brings to the table and what josh anderson brings to the table is uh i don't know how to say his name but janot is it janot tanner janot is that how it is okay yeah tanner janot who got a huge haul 
a huge haul. So you had people wondering if Anderson could get that completely different contracts, I think is exactly. the, the biggest thing here. And I think everyone agrees Tampa Bay overpaid, but still, I think it gives you an idea of what teams are willing to pay for these types of players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's certainly. But again, I mean, there's a huge difference between their contracts, right? I mean, Janelle is making uh, like eight hundred thousand or uh, under under a million dollars at least. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it is eight hundred k for just one. It's eight something. Yeah. Now, okay, he's he's obviously in the last year of that deal. He's going to be making, uh, I'm sure, quite a bit more money this or next year. Uh, even though, he, I mean, he hasn't been having a very good year this year. I think he has something like five or six goals. Um, really Josh Anderson. Yeah. Not having a good year, but uh, you know Josh Anderson. Obviously, he's got 17 goals this year, so much better than Juno. But they have 5.5 million, and he's got another four years on his deal as well. Um, you know that that 5.5 is not that high at this point. I don't think he's necessarily overpaid personally, Josh Anderson. Like if he is a free agent tomorrow, he's getting at least 5.5. Like I don't think that contract. Is is that bad? Is just whether or not, especially in the middle of a season, like how many teams can realistically add that to their salary cap? And also, like I don't want to hear anyone talk about the Canadians retaining salary. They're they're not going to do that, and it would be stupid to do that. You don't retain salary for four years. That would be idiotic to do that. No, absolutely. There, there's zero chance the Habs do that. Uh, that would be crazy. Um, but yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it, I, I think it's tough to do in the middle of the season. Obviously, the Canadians would have to take some sort of a salary back. Um, it's probably more of a deal that gets done in the off season. If if it were to get done, I would definitely, I, I don't mind. I, I mean, I think anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm not the biggest Josh Anderson fan. Uh, and, and, you know, he's only getting older at this point. I mean, he's 28 years old. With the style that he plays, you know, he he, he gets banged up a lot at you know, I, I, I think he's just going to start regressing at a certain point in a year or two. So I think by the end of this deal, it's, it's, it's not going to look great. Um, yeah, you're maybe, maybe you're right that 5.5 million isn't that much. I don't think he would get much more. I don't know that he would get more than five and a, five and a half million at this point if he, if he was a free agent. Uh, but I, you know, I, uh, apparently it looks like they've already been offered at least a first round pick and they've turned it down. Who knows if that's actually true, but if I were the Habs, if, if I was offered a first-round pick and a decent prospect, I would definitely take it. I mean, first-round pick is vague to me. That's the thing is that, like, if we get, a, a, like, whatever prospect that's probably not going to turn into anything and then what ends up being, like, the 28th pick, I mean, I don't know. Is it – I feel like we could get better than that, Josh Anderson. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, um, you know, I mean, you just drafted Slavkovsky, who is who is sort of what you're hoping that he's going to be. Canadians ho- are, unless something, some sort of miracle happens, they're going to have at least like a top seven or a top eight pick in this draft, maybe even two in the top ten. So hopefully, get two good players. Hopefully, get Bedard, obviously, but but you know, they 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 got some good young players coming up as well. Um, you know, the the um, uh, Gryanov, the guy that we just got, sort of same mold as Josh Anderson again hoping that he's going to bounce back. But, um, you know, I mean, for, for you know, I, I know that Josh Anderson sort of has this, this skill set that everybody seems to think is is one in a million, that there's no other Josh Andersons in the NHL. But, I mean, he he's not that irreplaceable. You know, for the, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. My point when I'm bringing that up always 
is it's not whether what we, I think what you think is what I it's what I what not what people on Twitter think not what the advanced analytics think it's what I believe these old ass GMs think okay and what I believe that a lot of these and old ass GMs think is that a guy like Josh Anderson is all oh, that's what I need I need a I need a big bodied guy that can drive the net you know and blah 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 like there's still so many of these GMs that kind of have that mentality where I I think that the Canadians can get someone to overpay for for, for Josh Anderson. I, I I really do. And I'm definitely not against moving him. But that's why I'm like, I'm still I still think that a savvy GM can get a really, really strong return for Josh Anderson. I think so. If I'm the Oilers, then I, I think Josh Anderson would look pretty good on McDavid's wing. Honestly, I mean, I think that would be a really, yeah. a, a pretty lethal combination. So... I don't know if I'm Edmonton, man. I'd, I'd be coming. I'd be trying my best to get Anderson at Edmonton. I think. I mean, how do they possibly fit? Like, what what terrible contract does Edmonton have? Do we need to take off their hands for that to be possible? I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure it'd be pretty. I mean, yeah, it would it would definitely be pretty uh, pretty tough. Uh, I, I would imagine to make it salary wise. I mean, obviously we take back Puliyarvi. Uh, obviously, you're not you're not retaining any salary on Josh Anderson, but I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to retaining fifty percent on Edmondson. Worst case, true, three year, yeah, true. So you know, man, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but uh, you know, if 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 you could get it done, I mean, I think Josh Anderson would be a really good addition with Connor McDavid. Then I think uh, then then I think Anderson would could really earn that five five and a half million. Take we could take a Jack Campbell off their hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I definitely don't want that. No, I don't. I definitely like the 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 the, the goaltender who doesn't seem to do well under pressure. Being the goaltender in Montreal would be, uh, oh boy, uh, I don't I don't even want to think about. It. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it should it should be interesting. Uh, it's trade deadline for sure. I mean, uh, hopefully some stuff happens uh, uh, for uh for, for the Canadians and. And then we can go back to just, you know, hoping they lose every game so that the Canadians can have uh, a better pick. I, I do think, though, so uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, it, it's been a little bit frustrating seeing them. Like how, and I don't have the roster in front of me right now, but if you're keeping track on the like daily, the lines for the games and all that, that team that stepped on the ice in New Jersey and won 5-2, to two, like New Jersey is, a really, really good team this year. And for the players that we put on the ice to win 5-2, to two, I mean, you got to give it to them, you know? Because I see people on Twitter be all mad, being like, oh, we should be tanking. We're not tanking. Well, we should be tanking. Well, the, the management is not doing what they have to do to tank. What more can they do? <laughs> it's like, like short of like telling the players to not play, which is never going to happen. That's not what tanking is. Tanking is putting the weakest team on the ice because they can't win. The yeah. players themselves aren't going to lose on purpose because they're playing for contracts. They're playing for whatever. Like they don't care that, that we want a better traffic, right? They're going to, they're going to try to win. They're professionals. The rosters that we're putting out there and they're still winning. I just, I don't know. It's, it's just not meant to be. 
No, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. So some of, some of the win, like the, the, especially that win. I mean, they really had no business winning that game. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the box score right now. They road shot 40 to 17. Obviously, Multabu played another fantastic game. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, you you can't lose them all. You're obviously going to win some of them. And I mean, some of the some of the teams that are further down in the in the standings have, have been winning quite a bit lately too. I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking at Anaheim. They won quite a few games lately, so you know you're obviously not going to lose them all. You know, you just just at the end of the day, hope the hope the Habs get a decent draft pick and and hope for the hey, best. Hey, for the fans that have been frustrating, frustrated, hoping for a tank and all that, just go take a look at the schedule in March, and I think you'll feel a little bit better because a lot of people have been talking about how the Canadians have the most difficult strength of schedule for the rest of the year. They've been talking about it for a while hasn't made a big difference, but I really think this end of the year is, is what's going to make the big difference. The, 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 first of all, we're hopping on that West Coast road trip start, starting tomorrow in San, San Jose, which it was, isn't a great team, obviously. They're, they're, they're below the Canadians. But still, it's it's the West Coast road trip is never easy. You got LA and Anaheim back-to-back, and then it's just powerhouse after, like, just teams that the Canadians should lose to. Like, the March could really be a month where the Canadians fall a bit in the standings. It's gonna be hard to to catch up on on these other teams, but I mean, Vancouver is doable. Even maybe Arizona, the Chicago has been creeping up the standings. The Canadians could, could could drop a little bit in 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 March. I really I really think so. The, the, I think it can happen. It seems weird to talk about that. You know, we can hope for uh, for for, for some, a losing streak, but I could really see it happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like honestly, at the end of the day, hopefully, uh, I'd love for the Habs to be able to sneak into that bottom bottom four bottom fives and and yeah like you said i mean the march is, is going to be absolutely brutal it's getting it's a lot of teams that are fighting for a playoff spot as well so it, it's going to be tough tough for them to, to, to stay pace on pace at that point um <clears throat> but uh but yeah you know i mean uh hope, hopefully they can keep the keep the losing going and get a good draft pick now let's say worst case scenario and i do think worst case scenario at this point are is the canadians and where they are right now, right? We're, we're, from the bottom, we're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? So worst case scenario right now would be Canadians picking ninth, right? Because they can drop two spots. Like, who, who do the Canadians realistically get in that spot? You know, they, they, like, I feel like there's still some good players there. It's not, it's not that much of a loss if they end up there, I don't think. No, but I, I mean, I think... You know the the way you sort of look at it now. If you look the the, the rankings and sort of how a lot of these top prospects have been playing, it, it's really sort of boiling down to a solid top six. And then after that, there's a bit of a bit of a fall off. Uh, so you know you're definitely hoping the Habs are going to get at least one pick in the top six. But if they don't, you know, I mean you're still going to get a pretty solid prospect. But you know you're you're obviously not getting a guy like uh, like a Mishkov, probably not at least. You know, I mean, who knows where Mishkov is? Yeah, go. yeah, who knows? But I, I don't, I don't think he's going to fall out of that top out of that top six. I mean, just the way that he's been playing in the KHL, just off the charts. So you know, I, I think a team at, at the end of the day is going to take a gamble on him. But yeah, you know, even even if you are seven, eight, nine, you're still going to get a solid prospect like a Dvorsky, Kristoff, like, uh, like a Sale. Um, so you're, you're still going to get a really good pick, and and even with that that Florida pick, you know if, it, if it's twelve, exactly, inch, you know you're, you're still getting a good player, obviously. Yeah, Still. it's unfortunate that that Florida has been doing a little bit better, and they're they're kind of out of uh, they they still have the odds to to potentially uh, actually not right now, 
if it were to end today, they're, they're, they're the first team that can't get first overall, unfortunately. So uh, we need m- both Montreal and Florida to go on a bit of a losing streak, even almost more so Florida, right? Because even if they drop one spot, it gives an extra 3% uh, possibility to that first overall. So so, so you never know at this point. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that Florida kind of figured out a little bit its game in this like, kind of second half of the season. Yeah, the teams right behind them have been uh, been playing better too, though. Teams like Pittsburgh and and Buffalo, Washington. Obviously, they've made uh, they moved out Orlov, so they've been really slipping as of late. But but I mean, Florida. Who knows? Maybe they end up being a bit of a seller at the deadline too. So hopefully, they fall. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I am looking forward to to not talking about. I feel like it's been every year of our podcast, despite the fact. That the Canadians had a a, a a cup run in the middle of, of our podcast. I feel like in the like four or five years we've been doing this, we all we've been always talking about is this tankathon sim lottery <laughs> and all that. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the days that we're going to the trade deadline talking about okay, w- what pieces could we go pick up to go on that proper run? You know, yeah, definitely. I mean. <laughs> We're waiting for the payoff when the hats are actually good, and and yeah, we'll probably we'll probably actually do a podcast every week at that point. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a it's a little it's a little more uh more motivating to 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 do the podcast when you know it's actually motivating to watch the games compared to to right now. I I am actually curious to see Guriano though in the next game. See see how he does it, especially if they have him playing on the on the top line. That 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 should be pretty pretty interesting. See. Uh, See if they, they got a little bit of a diamond in the rough there. They can uh, they just needed a change of scenery. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, like we said, he's getting getting a chance right off the bat. So so that's great. But uh, All right, so that pretty much yeah, so there what, could be other you know maybe a couple of other moves too. I mean, uh, so we did have one Twitter question uh, we should bring up. Uh, so uh, got a Twitter question from Eric Brian Munro. Um, so explore St. Louis as a trade partner. They'd like to retool on the fly and just lost out on Timo Meyer. Uh, could Anderson for a first and Jimmy Snugroot or Edmondson for uh, Jake Neighbors and a third make sense? I mean, I'd, based on what St. Louis has done trading Barbashev, Tarasenko, I definitely don't think that they're going to be making any moves like that, especially trading two guys like, especially Jimmy Snugroot and and certainly Jake Neighbors are going to be two guys that are going to be part of their future. Uh, Josh Anderson and Edmondson, I definitely don't think make any sense for them uh, at this point. But maybe, maybe Josh Anderson, but not definitely not Edmondson. I don't see how Edmondson makes sense for them with a couple years on. on no. his, it's just it's to me seems like a weird, weird, weird trade partner. To to be honest, I don't think this is the type of team we should be talking to. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean especially not at the trade deadline. Maybe who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they make a couple. Of, maybe they try to get better. Uh, next season, and uh, you know, potentially the, the 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 draft or something like that. Maybe they start taking a look at moves like that. But I no, especially Jimmy Snuggerud. They're not moving on from a guy like that. He's going to be, you know, one one of their pieces for the future. Um, and again, you know, I I don't think that Josh Anderson gets moved at the trade deadline. Edmondson probably will, probably gets moved out west, but uh, very unlikely. I think he, he ends up going to St. Louis and back to St. Louis on top of. True, true. No, I, I, I really, we, we, as always, we greatly appreciate the Twitter question, but uh, 
I did, I just I just don't see it. I don't know. Maybe there's something about St. Louis that I'm not aware of. I mean, they they do have a team that like you know they that probably wants to compete sooner rather than later with both Cairo and Robert Thomas uh, jumping on their their big eight million dollar contract starting next year. So they they, they want to start you know building around a, a winning team. Uh, but uh, I, I don't I don't see it happening at this uh, this trade deadline. Definitely not. No, I th- I think maybe maybe the one thing that you could see the Habs doing is. It's sort of, and we've seen this already a couple of times with uh, with Minnesota, you know, where they were sort of the middlemen of a trade, retaining, um, yeah, on a guy, um, you know, uh, the, it, it appears that Patrick Kane going to the Rangers is is already a done deal, um, and and there appears to be the, that there is going to be a third team in the mix. Could the Canadians possibly be uh, be in on that? I mean, that 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 could make sense. You know, maybe there has been some conversation already about the Canadians being one of those teams. I mean, it makes it makes it definitely makes a lot of sense for the Canadians. I mean, they'll they'll do anything like that they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, unfortunately, with the Monahan situation, he's not probably not going to get traded. Even Edmondson's a bit of a question mark at this point. I mean, that's that's probably the 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 biggest move for the Habs could probably be a move like that. Unfortunately. I mean, maybe I think the biggest move for the Habs could end up being the move they already made <laughs> moving yeah. Canada. If we're, if we're if we're being honest, unless you're right and Edmonton ends up being moved, which you would hope gets at the very least uh, a first for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So um, yeah, I think yeah, I think that pretty much uh, does it as far as at least the trade deadline and all that type of uh, talk. I don't know if there's any prospects you wanted to cover. I mean, we're if there is another move, of course we're gonna we're gonna hop on for another quick one to talk about to that next move. But any 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 prospects you want to talk about, Dustin, before we get going? Uh, I mean, no, no, nothing in particular. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're always keeping an eye on the Laval Rocket. Um, who right now are in a playoff spot, struggling a little bit as of late. Um, but uh, you know, I I think that's one thing why we've sort of seen those moves. You know, where they where they went and got Guriana for Dadanov as opposed to getting a draft pick, also picking up Chris Tierney. I think the thought process right now is the Habs don't necessarily want to make a bunch of call-ups from the Laval Rocket. The Rocket are already dealing with a lot of injuries on their own. Um, so I, I think they want them to be competitive. They saw what happened last year when it, you know, the Rocket made a pretty decent run in the playoffs last year in the conference, uh, conference finals. I think they'd love to see that again. And uh, so I, I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw maybe another waiver pickup over the next uh, over the next week, and that you're maybe seeing more roster play or you know prospects AHL players getting moved as opposed to to draft picks. If if somebody else were to get moved. All right, good uh, good stuff. I mean. It's uh, it's it's not the most exciting time to be uh, to be a Habs fan, especially if there's not uh, any any more moves. Uh, we just keep talking about hoping that uh, uh, that they lose, but hopefully this is uh, this is a sign of uh, of better things to come. So uh, I think uh, I think that does it for uh, for today's episode. Like uh, we said before, if there's another move, we'll hop on do another episode. As always, follow us at the Habs forum to know when the next podcast is ask your questions we always love answering those and uh, yeah as always uh, thanks for uh, listening and we'll talk to you next time